Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome to Disciple Making. I'm with my friend Darren Ride. I'm Tim Beadle, and today we're going to be looking at daily rhythms or the habits, just down-to-earth habits that we need to establish to find ourselves, as it were, in the middle of God's will when it comes to being a disciple maker, making disciples that make disciples. So, so Darren, you've been doing some work on this, and I've got a few notes that I've been uh, thinking through. So, so why don't you start off, and uh, we'll see where we end up today. Sure. And and thanks so much, Tim. I'm I'm interested for this topic because it's something I've thought about a lot, even as I've wrestled through the character traits of a disciple. You know, what are the what are the parallel habits and patterns of living that develop those traits and allow those traits to kind of show up? But I want to harken back to our last podcast about rural ministry, where you you know, used a lot of rural imagery about you know the planting and the harvest, and there's things that only God can do that we can't force. And and so for me, in my own personal growth. And part of that in my own evangelism and disciple-making efforts, I found that it's absolutely critical. And this is a habit. This is a, a habit, a ritual, a discipline, if you want to call it. For me, the issue always comes down to unrushed time mm. in God's presence. And, and, I, and I, I link that up with John 15, where we're called to abide in Christ yeah. and we will bear much fruit. You know, the, the branch abides in, in, in a way. It's a picture of rest almost. And God produces the fruit and God makes it grow. And, you know, I, I whenever I teach on this passage, I, I say something like, you know, that word abide in Christ or remain in Christ is such rich imagery. And I don't know all that it means, but I know what it doesn't mean. Okay. It doesn't mean being frantic. Okay. And I know that when I'm frantic, I'm not abiding. I know that when I'm forcing the issue in my life, in my ministry with someone who I'm seeking to lead to the Lord or grow in the faith, if I'm forcing the issue, I'm not abiding and I need to downshift and step back. And for me, that's a habit that, that I'm, you know, trying to, trying to form all the time to step back and take a breath and rest in Christ, abide in him and allow the spirit to do the work that only the spirit can do. Hey, 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 let me piggyback on that because I have a little story to tell that, that just uh, blends beautifully with what you're saying. So, so several decades ago, counterfeit $100 bills uh, came into the circulation of the Canadian banking system. And the executives of, uh, of the banks realized they had a problem on their hand. So what did they do? Well, what they did is they, they got all their bank employees together. They locked them, as it were, in a room. And all they'd let them feel, as it were, uh, in their hands, smell, I don't know if they tasted them or not, were authentic $100 bills. They didn't expose them to anything that was counterfeit. So that they got such an understanding of what an authentic $100 bill looked like and felt like, that if they ever came across something that was passed across their counter that was counterfeit, intuitively their antenna would go up and they'd realize that something was amiss. And when you're talking about abiding in Jesus, I think, you know, there's so many false gods. Well, in Scripture, there's, there's so many false gods in the Old and New Testament, as it were. In the New Testament, it was more the, the whole mammon or money. Um, but the principle is this. 
even in our day to day, there's so many false gods calling at us. And I think one of them is the, the, the God of being frantic, as you said, mm-hmm. don't spend time with, with the authentic God who basically uh, we li- live our lives and he is the audience of who we are. And therefore I would just affirm hundred percent, hundred and ten percent actually, we need to step back, take time, but make sure that we understand that we're living in the presence of the authentic God who is going to do work through us related to hmm. disciple making. Oh yeah. You know, and one one very practical thing I've been doing, I've been experimenting, well, more than an experiment now, I've been started using uh, something called the pause app, which comes out from John Eldridge, uh, Wild at Heart fame. And it's tied to one of his other books, but it's simply an app on the phone that I have set to um, kind of interrupt me at 9.30 in the morning and 2.30 in the afternoon and calls me to a pause. Yeah. And they've got some pre, you know, some pre-programmed pauses, one, three, five, or 10 minutes. And you have to work your way through to get to the 10 minute ones. And so twice a day now, right in the middle of my quote work day in the morning, and the afternoon, I'm called to pause and reflect on scripture and pray and hand things over to the Lord and, and take a step back. And for me, this in a practical way has really helped with this important habit of abiding, of not being frantic, of, of stepping back and saying, Hey, there's some things Lord that I just can't do. And I need to create some space and, and recognize humbly recognize that I need you to do some work too. So that's, that's kind of how this has been playing out in my life, Tim. Yeah, technology is good. You know, technology doesn't come with morality to it. So we can add our own morality. And, and what we're saying is now, find things that remind you to slow down mm. and maybe catch up to God. <laughs> I, I call them spiritual speed bumps. We have to slow. If you don't slow down over a speed bump, you're going to wreck the suspension on your vehicle. Same thing in our life. We, we, we don't, uh, this is God's work through us and we have to walk at his pace and 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 when we spend time just abiding in Jesus, we understand this. It's not what you do, but it's who you are that counts. Hmm. You see, being like you're a human being, not a human doing. <laughs> I remember someone once told me that. And being always proceeds doing. So if we're always frantic about what we have to be doing and doing this and doing that, we we we've we've got the, as it were, the cart before the proverbial horse. Hmm. That, that we have to focus on doing, uh, not on doing, but on being the person that God has created and to feel his pleasure. Like, I think we need to assume a posture of God's love throughout the day. Just like you get dressed every day, as as it were, the, 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 the Bible tells us to clothe ourselves, as it were, with certain attributes, with, you know, and then one of them is love. And when we abide in Jesus, we understand that he loves us as dearly loved children and then others. And so you know, Colossians uh, 3 tells us to set our hearts on things above. Hmm. And so that, that that's a practice that, because uh, I'm type a, type a personality. When, when I wake up in the morning, it, in my mind, it's like a bunch of monkeys just discovered a new banana tree, as it were. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to slow down. And, and we need to, like those little combination locks, we need to make certain settings. And the first one is... Hmm. You need to set your heart on God. Mm, amen. Well, you know, and this has played out, you know, interestingly for me, Tim, this, this habit has rippled through. It's not just about, you know, personal devotions and prayer. It's about even relationships and how it ripples through my personal evangelism. And what's happened in our, in our lives in recent months, you know, my wife and I in a new community, 
seeking to you know build a, a, a community of believers and hopefully new believers. You know, we walk around our neighborhood every morning. A bit of a you know, we do it just to kind of get some natural light, but also we pray through the neighborhood. And a week or two ago, we were on on this walk doing our loop, and I looked down one of the side streets, and there was a fellow standing by the sidewalk having a smoke by the apartment. Typically, my typical reaction would be to carry on our agenda and we get our march in. Yep. But I just felt prompted to turn and go down that street. And we, as we got close, he kind of stepped back, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just being funny. He stepped off the sidewalk and made room for us, put his hands up. And we stopped and talked to him. This is 630 in the morning. Learned his name, his history, his job, his current challenges, and just so much about him from that pause from that willingness to be interrupted and not be so task driven, which is my natural bent, but to create room for that. And that's been a thing that's been, that's happened multiple times in recent months for us where we've actually made room for people in a way we wouldn't have before. And in that space, in that unfranticness, some relationships have been built and we've even ended up praying with some people as a result of all of that. And so for me, it's all tied to this larger habit of abiding in Jesus and trying to figure out what it means. Yeah. So, you know, a few podcasts ago, we talked about the BLESS acronym that we begin with prayer and then we listen. And those are the two things you just shared. And whether you ever get to eat with a person or uh, get to serve him or tell your story, who, who knows? That's up to the Lord because he's the one who makes things grow. Um, but it's so important. You know, we set our hearts on things. But another setting is we need to set our minds on Jesus. Mm. Uh, so often in the New Testament, it takes it tells us to to take upon ourselves the mind or attitude of Jesus. You know, Philippians two five to have the same attitude uh, as Jesus. Um, you know, Colossians three it says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Romans twelve it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to approve what God's will is. And First Corinthians two sixteen says, uh, for who has known the mind of the Lord? And then it says, well, we actually have the mind of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And um, so often, whatever we're thinking about seems to captivate us. And Mm. uh, if we can just pause and, you know, in the old days, the teenagers had those bracelets, uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And uh, I've said in other podcasts, uh, you know, Paul says to the Corinthians, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point Mm. of view. And you can only do that if you have your heart set on God and your mind set on Jesus. Uh, and so, like, that's the combination. The first setting is set your heart on on heavenly things, on God. Number two, set your mind on Jesus. And then the third setting is actually our lives, because now we're set to walk and allow God to work through us type of thing. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's good, Tim. I think, you know, we could so easily on this topic of, you know, habits or disciplines of a disciple maker go into the spiritual disciplines, which is, which are valid and true, but those are means to the ends that you're talking about and that we're talking about here. The ends are to be, you know, filled with the spirit, directed by the spirit, hearing the voice of the Lord and responding and the spiritual disciplines, which may well be habits, you know, obviously time in the word and time in prayer. They are the, they are a means towards that, towards that, you know, intimacy with the father, you know, we're like Jesus, we're doing what we hear the father, father doing and saying. Yep, exactly. I think um, we just have to simplify things, sort of dumb down all, all of this pressure that the church puts on people to, 
you know, the Great Commission. And, you know, if, if we just start every day by looking to the Lord and then looking around us, I believe the Lord every day gives us opportunities to bless people. Mm. Uh, I've spoken before that we're, we are blessed to be a blessing. And to bless means to show favor, to give protection to, or to pass on a legacy or an inheritance. And every day, practical opportunities come for us to simply um, respond to others through the eyes of Jesus, through the mind of Christ, and to bless people. And when that happens, it opens up all kinds of doors. So, so you know, I, I'm always thinking of that verse. So from now on, I regard no one from a worldly point of view. Like, that's a habit in my my uh, mind now. Because when I go places, uh, I've, I've reflected on that and what it means to have the attitude of Jesus that I just try to consider where people are at, perhaps in their spiritual walk with Jesus. Yeah. You know, the, the whole the whole blessing principle, not just the acronym, but the principle of blessing people. You know, one of the first things we do in training people in our in our in our group here for personal evangelism is to be active encouragers, yeah. to speak yeah. encouragement to people in their lives and even people they bump into. And and uh my wife took it, you know, another level up recently where she she really was feeling convicted about her attitude towards uh, a public employee (laughs) who had, who had a very gruff and abrasive attitude. And so my wife actually uh, put together a a gift for the workers in that office. And when she went in, uh, thanked them for what they were doing through COVID and everything else and gave this gift and just, you know, and a note and encouragement and the lady's jaw dropped. And, you know, called other worker out to the front and had a, had a, you know, chat about that. Um, and the whole demeanor of this person has changed, which was not yeah. the intent, but now, you know, my wife is her favorite person <laughs> comes in there, but really just how it can, how we have the power with the spirit in us through the gift of encouragement and blessing to change a context, to yeah. change an atmosphere. You know, it's so even with waitresses, we go out for breakfast and try to say something encouraging to them in that morning. And it can just, it changes their demeanor. And it's part, I think of being salt and light. It's part of being representatives of Jesus. And so for me, you know, there's this habit of abiding in Christ and resting him, but the other kind of wing of that plane is then representing Jesus. Yep. When I go out into the day and, 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 and actually showing what it's like to love people and to care for people and to be, to be a blessing, you know, people liked hanging out with Jesus. That always challenges me. Yep. And so I think part of it was that he probably encouraged more than he rebuked. Yeah, you know, in Luke 15, uh, the religious leaders of that day were murmuring about Jesus, about the kind of people that he attracted. You know, they, they call them the sinners and the tax collectors. You can't get much lower than that. But, you know, why were they attracted to Jesus? Because he had time for them. Mm-hmm. He spoke to them in, in a way that they could understand and uh, they were amazed at his teaching because it had authority, unlike the religious leaders of the day. Mm. And I think when we have our hearts set on God and our mind set on Jesus, and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us, or sort of joking, uh, uh, chuckling as you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, just saying something of encouragement to someone who waits on your table or serves you in a diner or whatever. Uh, if you do happen to get a chance to say what you do or something about your faith, always make sure you leave a big tip <laughs> because historically, you know, the, the stories are, well, just, just, it happens, you know, all the church people go into the restaurant as it were after church, 
and and you talk to the staff after the leave, and they're the worst tippers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what people will remember. They they remember the gift across the counter to the city employees. They also it, it's amazing what they do, but it's you know words, uh, actions speak louder than words. Oh, oh yeah. But the whole principle of just making friends for the sake of being friendly, letting the spirit do the spiritual drawing and winning to Jesus where mm. he uses us. And so we just need to relax in that. And I think another habit that I've developed is just to have a very natural comeback response to anyone who asks me, uh, hey, what what makes you tick? Or why do you always seem so happy? Or why do you have a mm. smile on your face? Or uh, you know, t- tell me about this faith you have. You know, the Bible tells us always to be ready to have a word to mm-hmm. share for anyone who help, who asks us for the hope that is within us. I think most believers don't have a ready word, not a rehearsed speech, but something that comes from the heart where you can look someone in their eyes, has to be short, uh, and but just very direct and just talk about well, you know, my life has been different since I've really started following Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, it's amazing. Uh, when I read the Bible, I just learn so much that helps me in life. Like just something very similar. It's just a spiritual seed that you plant, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and and this this is maybe a little formulaic, but I think there's room to personalize it. I recently heard actually in a uh, in a podcast from a fellow who's into church tech and media, in the middle of all his talk about tech shared this three stanza response that he learned from his pastor Okay. to the question, what do you believe? Hmm. And, and how do you answer that question? Someone says, what do you believe? Or in your, you know, what makes you tick or whatever. And the three stanza response, you know, again, can be personalized is number one, I believe I'm here to make the world better. Yep. Number two, I believe the way to do that is through love. And number three, I think the best example of sacrificial love is the person of Jesus Christ. Excellent. And, and I, and I just love that progression. I love that it's natural. You know, people are going to, you know, be nodding their head yep. as as you go through that. And hopefully, it's actually true for you that you recognize as an agent of Jesus, you are here to improve things, not yep. to kind of hide in the corner until Jesus comes back, to be salt and light and to bring the kingdom, and that loving people in multitude of ways and representing Jesus well. Uh, really, that's what it comes down to. So I, that for me, that's. Uh, I'm looking forward for a chance to use that kind of response. And I, I anticipate it will happen very soon. I'm going to remember that. I, I, I would say I want to leave uh, the world a better place than I found it. Type of thing. That sort of is the same as, yep. but yeah, it has to, it comes back to love, right? Oh yeah. Because the world cannot replicate God's love. Hmm. They, they can have their own expressions of love, but nothing is found like God's love as is seen in, in the person of Jesus. So it leads naturally. No, I really like that. I, I'm going to actually write that one down. <laughs> oh, it, it is a keeper. I, it's, I, actually, I actually put it together as a little training for our group, just so we remember it. And people are all over it because they can see this is actually workable. It's actually, it's actually usable. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tim, you meant talking about love and people there. I, just this morning before we got on, I recorded the audiobook portion of, of DNA on the, the chapter on loving people. And so I just, I just spent, you know, 45 minutes reading that chapter out loud and was just reminded again that, you know, loving people you know, isn't about, you know, the warm, fuzzy, positive thoughts. Loving people is active yep. and, and, and loving people means that we act in their best interests, that we, we act for what is best for them presently and into eternity. And, you know, that, that challenged me to look at people and think 
what is in their best interest right now and how can I contribute to that? You know, it's part of that, that I think outward focus, which is another, I think, habit of a disciple maker. Yeah. You know, in reading through your book, I, I've, I've uh, copied some of the things that you've said on love. And so I'll say something personal and then something more for the church. You, you, you said in your book, loving people is an extension of and proof of our love for God. So loving people is an aspect of loving God. More than that, loving people is one of the visible markers that we love God. So if you're not a loving person, um, you know, I got some problems with it. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, candy coating, giddy all the time, but there's an inner resource and reserve of love. In terms of the church, you said this, Darren, in your book, uh, love is that thing which if a church has it, it doesn't really need much else. But if it doesn't have it, whatever else it does have really doesn't matter much. So yeah. I, I thought that, that was that's really a quote from Haddon Robinson, I believe. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. The great and preacher Haddon so, Robinson. Yes. Yeah. So 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 those things, you know, if you want to meditate on stuff, meditate on how much God loves you. When was the last time that God mm. really was so personal to you? It's like the father who ran to the prodigal son. Mm. You know, he uh, saw him on the horizon that God, his mind is never off us. And when the father saw the son returning home, the son wanted mm. to offer an apology. I don't think the father ever heard a word of it. He was so overwhelmed with this reckless prodigal love, I call it. You mm. know, he uh, and, 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 and fathers in that day didn't run the kids. Kids right. ran to fathers and servants ran as well. And uh, but he didn't care. He, he threw all caution to the wind. That's how much God loves us, and it changes us. And then God says, hey, I've blessed you to be a, a blessing. Love in your heart wasn't put there to stay. Mm. Love isn't love till it's given away. And so we have this wonderful so, – so those are a few really healthy yeah. habits. Uh, do, do you have anything else? Or? Well, I think we're coming close to landing yeah. time here, Tim. I would just say, you know, I am a task-oriented introvert. And I find that as, as I grow in the – you know, call an application of being a disciple maker. It calls me out of myself. Yeah. It calls me to be more outward focused, to be more relational, to slow down and abide, you know, to, to have more of the rural mindset that we talked about last time. And again, for me, it comes right back. I'll just bring it right back to John 15. Yeah. It comes in abiding in Jesus and walking at his pace. Yeah. And uh, that's for me, that's, that is the habit that for me puts everything else in order. Yeah, and we realize, you know, in John 15, Jesus said, I've chosen you and appointed you to go and bear much fruit. This is in my Father's glory that you show yourself to be my disciple by loving others and bearing fruit. So I think that's a great place to, to end off this week of uh, this podcast of just daily rhythms and daily habits of things that we ask that the Holy Spirit would refine in us. As we set our hearts on the Father, we abide in him and seek to have the mind of Jesus as we go about our day-to-day -day, uh, experience. You want to wrap it up, Darren, or is that good enough? <laughs> that sounds great. Okay. Thanks, Tim, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Hope you join us again soon for some more disciple-making. Blessings God to bless. you. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.